You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpus on Jabberjaw Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week, guys, we have Mr. Alexis Marshall from Daughters. Now, this has been a long time in the works. It was scheduled once before, and I had some family stuff happen and had to cancel. Uh, And then Lex and I uh, reconnected on Instagram, and we made it work. And such an interesting time because uh, he was just finishing up some recording over in Rhode Island. And uh, yeah, with the quarantine and everything, everyone's got tons of time. But it was such a new thing at the time when we had this conversation. So uh, I think we were all still processing it. But we had a great conversation, and I've been a huge fan of his for a very long time uh, since I heard that first Daughter's Record um, I think I mentioned in the conversation, but I think the the song is called Pants Meet Shit. And I was like, this has to be amazing. And it was. So uh, what an amazing front man. I've seen him a couple times and, and man, just a uh, amazing, amazing band and an amazing dude. So a uh, big shout out to uh, Monica at Speakeasy for originally setting this up and uh, a big thanks to Lex for coming on the show. All right, guys. So uh, let's take care of some business. I have some sponsors again. Uh, we have your button guy. He made some magnets and some buttons for the show. Um, you can check him out on Instagram at your button guy. Uh, f- super fast service for one. 
uh, he had mentioned they were in the mail, and I think two days later from Florida, got to Portland, and the product is fantastic. They should be up in the store soon, um, and we may do some stuff for the patrons, uh, some giveaways and stuff of buttons and magnets, so make sure to go over to Patreon uh, and sign up over there um, to get your hands on some cool stuff. Um, anyways, and so let's talk about Thunderbolt Guitars. Thunderbolt Guitars uh, is Nick Flagar and... I think you guys probably saw all my posts on Instagram and Facebook, but he made me my own custom guitar by hand. One of the most amazing uh, pieces of work I've ever seen. I know I'm partial to it because uh, it's for me, but uh, an amazing instrument. It's got aluminum neck, swamp ash body, hand-wound P90s made here in Portland. Uh, Nick is over in Detroit. Uh, check out uh, Thunderbolt Guitars on Instagram and check out these amazing pieces he's making and definitely order yourself a neck or a full guitar. I mean, he'll he'll basically do whatever you want. Um, you just you, know, you let him know what you're looking for and he'll make it a reality. And it's absolutely stunning. So check out Thunderbolt Guitars and go check out RER Studio as well. My buddy Ryder, he made the strap I use on this custom guitar. And Ryder's been a buddy for a long time from the band Vox. I know a lot of you guys know who he is, but check out RER Studio as well. All right, guys. So I like to keep my intro short, as you know. Um, but, you know, hopefully you guys are dealing with this quarantine in the right way, uh, respecting it and keeping your distance. I know my kids have had a real hard time trying to keep their distance from the neighbor kids, but uh, they've been doing a good job. And I'm actually pretty proud of them for you know, sticking with this and, and not really questioning it too much. They're younger, but, you know, uh, when you tell them there's a virus going around, who knows how much of that they understand. But uh, they definitely see people that aren't practicing the social distancing and call them out on it. And, uh, you know, it's cool to see them with their own little minds and what they come up with. So uh, anyway, shout out to my kids for being awesome. And uh all right, guys. So without further ado, let's jump into my episode with Alexis Marshall from Daughters. I don't really use these very often, so <laughs> Do you have the, I've only I've only like the past you know six months sort of embraced them. Maybe these are the AirPods. Yeah, I, I have like kind of weird. My ears are uh, kind of wonky, so uh, stuff falls out of them. So I never use these things, and uh, just now 
uh, like I, over the past few months that I started using. <laughs> <laughs> I I still haven't embraced those things. I still use the the corded whatever the hell comes with the the phone. I don't have a new yeah. iPhone, but uh, yeah, the old earbuds. No, wait, wait. That's mine has a cord. Is that what's that called? Oh, the AirPods. I'm talking about the wireless ones. Like the, oh, the you I have to like pair those things. That's what I thought oh, was going fuck, on. Oh, fuck that! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to deal with that. Um, no, so I, I have to like take me a minute to try to plug these things in sometimes. Oh, and gotcha. the cord gets all weird. I I roll it and then I'll tuck it away somewhere. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, here we are. Here we are, man. After a a, a long awaited. Uh, I don't even know what you call it. I've just been a back and forth. Shit's been going down and uh, yeah. shit went down, then shit went down again. And, and <laughs> here we are, dude. Uh, now it's now it's simmering. So we're, we just like, just go with it right now. Exactly. Where are you yeah. at? Are you in, are you in Philly? Yeah, I live in Philly. Okay. So yeah. uh, not on lockdown. No, not yet. Not yet. Um, no, I don't know what. Uh, uh, are you in a? You're in Oregon, right? Yeah, I'm in Portland. Yeah, so that's on lockdown, is it? No, no. Uh, no? They're uh. closing jobs down. They're closing bars and um, restaurants down. Like you have to. My family and I ordered pizza from a, a buddy of mine owns a pizza pizza shop here in in Portland called Sizzle Pie, and and uh, they were doing like this deal, and we're like, well, let's go, you know, support Mikey, and we did. We had to pull up. It was so fucking weird. We had to pull up call them tell them we were there and they had to bring it out to us in the yeah. car yeah it's fucking insane. strange it's like weird stuff um yeah no, uh, monday i went out and um everything was open and i i thought well i'll go get a box of cigars and while i'm out and the only place i was closed was the fucking cigar shop <laughs> oh, so, just like kind of defeated so i came back <laughs> and then uh when my girlfriend went out today she's like everything everything's closed everything's closed now yeah so so i guess uh so i'm screwed i'm gonna go order cigars online or something yeah or you have to um, go back to swishers huh i have no idea <laughs> the we'll 7-Eleven. Chewing, chewing tobacco or something yeah i know i didn't want to go get like cigarellos or something she's like hey you get it at 7-Eleven I'm like, i can't i can't do it man so but uh anyway well uh all right, so let's. When do we begin? When do we start? We've already this begun, bro. This is oh, this shit. is how it goes. <laughs> this is how it goes. Oh, great. It's uh, oh. punk rock as much as it can be. I I basically oh. I just start recording before I call, and then uh, yeah, just see where it goes. That's kind of that's kind of what's been working the last I don't know hundred episodes or whatnot. All right. All right. I wish I I wish I had realized that I would have had uh, somebody else answer the phone, like someone in the building with very poor <laughs> hearing and trying to. <laughs> Again, I shouldn't have been a little more interesting, maybe. Yeah, anyway. I do have some funny ones that <laughs> the beginnings get pretty funny, or, or when things don't work out or something like. Right, it, right. I have uh, Ray Pettibone, the the great right. artist. Uh, emailed him in 2017. He emailed me like three weeks ago and said, "Yeah, sure, love to do it." I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and three then, years uh, later, yeah. yeah, three years later, and I set it up with his assistant and everything, and then I call, and she answers the phone, speaks very little English, and huh. was basically said he's in a fifteen-story walk-up, and uh, or something like that. She is what she said, and he's entertaining company right now. Can we just reschedule it for tomorrow morning? And I was like, "Well, no, but uh, maybe right. next week." Anyway. But it was it was one of those round things like she picked up the phone. I'm already recording, and so I have this little short recording of this little 
uh, back and forth with the assistant. And then, yeah, anyway, right. I was like, that's a total artist thing to do. That's oh, all yeah, you need. Friends came you, don't even, you don't even need the interview now. Just yeah. Have the, uh. I'll post the email as the image and then the four-minute <laughs> little back and forth. With, uh, yeah. Yeah, make it a, like a full, <laughs> fully immersive experience. Yeah. yeah. This is what Text it's like talking to business, a legend. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> Decide to defined uh, artistically defined a a, uh, a a time and period in the uh, punk rock world, but can't get on the phone. It's all yeah. good. I don't think it would have been that good, anyways. I don't know. I've I've seen some interviews, and he's very uh, just kind of yeah 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 kind of like that, you know. Yeah. Or it's like man, I don't right. know if I can make this interesting. There so, are these great. Uh, there there are these interviews of. Uh, when Dick Clark was doing American Bandstand, there's a there's a great one where Prince is on. Oh, yeah. I think I think it's American Bandstand, but but um, uh, Dick Clark's trying to interview Prince. He's like, oh, you know, you're doing this, you're doing that. Uh, how are you feeling about everything? Good. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you have a you have a new album uh, coming out. You've been playing some songs off that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's just like fucking brilliant, and uh, Prince just has no interest in doing it. It's, sure. It's really great. It's 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 awful. But it's great. Like, oh. See, that makes me so. never want to do like TV where they have to show up and do this interview. Like, I never do those things. Like, I never. Yeah. I'm like, why? It's like interviewing Lou Reed. Like, the guy's a <laughs> genius with interviewers. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. There, there are a lot of great older, older like Nick Cave uh, interviews where he just has, has such disdain for the entire, just like the experience in itself, just the whole process. <laughs> Or talking to him, he's just like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, it's awkward now. Sure, yeah, it's kind of great. I don't know. It, it, it's 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 hard to tell if it's sort of arrogant or pretentious or something, or if it's just it's just some people just don't want to play the game. To you know, um, I don't know. Maybe that maybe. The hell am I saying? I don't fucking know. Well, that's the thing. I should just try to speak for myself. Maybe. Well, sure, but it's. It, I think some people just have a problem with the the whole institution of the interview interviewee. Like, maybe they legitimately think like, why does anyone want to hear what I have to say? For one, yeah, and or maybe they find it pretentious even doing an interview. Like, like Glenn Danzig. Like that was one I probably would say no to because it would probably not go very well. Just because yeah. he's not into it, which is fine. Yeah. And the fact that it's, you know, uh, it's when they force those people to sit down with somebody and talk about how's the tour going? How's the new record? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. What the fuck are you going to say? The record's terrible and tour sucks. And, you yeah. know, well, or are you going <laughs> to. The, uh, you know, for all the all the press I had to do for You Won't Get What You Want, it was just, it, it got to a point where it, the, the more interviews I did, I was doing, the harder it became to, to do the interview because I was trying to give uh, a variation of the same answer just to keep myself interested uh-huh. and, uh, and not just say like, just, I've been asked this question a dozen times, just go read this article and, and, you know, a uh, quietest or wherever the hell, I would, you know, like mm-hmm. just, I don't know, just, I'm so tired of this. So I would try to, like I said, give a variation of the same answer. And, and it's because becoming very, very difficult and sort of unpleasant. Um, but that, that's just how it goes. It's, it's just what you have to do. Sure. I Part wonder job. how much, how helpful those interviews are now in selling records or, I mean, any, in any capacity, even getting the word out, if they're even effective anymore. I think, I mean, they, they are because, I mean, you could say the same about 
podcasts, right, or or, or any or anything like it, the the interest in the discussion, or um, you know, they've got to fill 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 a con- with content, right? They've got a you got to fill the pages, or you've got to fill the the uh, space, or the airspace, or whatever it is. So it, it almost doesn't. It's almost um, the conversation can be a bit meaningless uh, and unnecessary and uh, incidental to some extent. It's just kind of the base. I think a lot of people just sort of read headlines anyway. Like, oh, so and so is has an interview in this thing, and people skim it, and then they click on the link or something, and then they can sort of move on. So. Um, I mean, I'm I'm just sort of at a point where I don't know. I doubt anyone really gives a shit about anything I'm saying, and I'm just doing it because uh, that's what I've been doing. And if I don't do this, then Jesus Christ, what the hell am I going to do? <laughs> just like this is all for me now. I I like that. I like the honesty to that oh. because it, I mean, yeah, you you never know who's listening. That's the one thing that's weird with podcasts. Right. And I mean. I'll get hit up all the time from people like, what? You listen to this podcast? What? Like weird yeah. random stuff will come through and, and you're just kind of shocked. And then you're looking at the numbers and you're like, well, well, I guess it is who's listening. You know, it's this weird yeah. thing. And, uh, you know, I love that it can just go anywhere and, and there's no agenda. And it's, it's not, I mean, there, there's definitely podcasts that have an agenda and like a manager will say, Hey, can you send me your list of questions? And I was like, I don't have any questions uh you know like are we still good for this time that's my question like they don't know what to do with it and uh i find this is funny this like i find that the smaller the band and like less i wouldn't say less significant in terms of like record sales and and things that people would normally care about uh for you know commercially successful band um their publicist and management want so much from you. Yeah. Uh, they want a list of questions. They want the exact time limit. They want the exact time. They want, uh, you know, can we connect? Uh, you know, you call me and I'll connect you. Like, yeah. it's this really funny That's thing awesome. to where then someone who's like multi-platinum Grammy winner, like probably gets hounded everywhere they go. Oh, yeah, just call him. Here's his cell number. Just give him a call. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like what's I the wonder difference? why that is. Yeah, why? Why? Uh, I I wonder if like functioning on a on a, a like a smaller level, there's there's the illusion of importance or, or this kind of uh, putting putting a value on. I mean, well, oh, this is how the bigger bands behave and and then interact with press or whomever. Mm-hmm. So make it make it complicated and field things and act like it's a it's a whole process and really it's like all right i'll be give me a call four i'll be home and all right i'll talk to you at four and we'll talk yeah so uh yeah which is <laughs> far more interesting to me anyway so the flu- fluidity of the conversation as opposed to anything that's structured is um i i mean that's i, I love it but that's like when i go when we're recording or when i'm recording i i, I don't want to i'm so annoyed by the structure I'm frustrated by it. I feel like sort of uh, shackled, and uh, I, I, I like to go in and just, you know, this 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 record that I'm doing right now. It's it's you know I went in and kind of didn't like 25 demos and didn't didn't even use them. Like let's 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 start from scratch. Let's see what we have. Let's see what we can do. Um, I, I'm more interested in, in that the fluidity of things than than the um, very stringent structure. Um, Right now, anyway, I mean, who knows? That could change. But, you know, presently, I'm, I'm happy to just wing it. Sure. Yeah. See, that's yeah. that's a cool thing. Like, that's like when 
when I used to take like at the beginning, when I was like the first 20 episodes, I would take like three pages of notes and be all prepared yeah. and I never used them. And I said, fuck it. I'm not doing it anymore. I like what comes mm-hmm. out better. You know, like talk, I talked about, I had Ian McKay on the show. I talked about porn with Ian McKay. Like you <laughs> yeah. cannot find an interview with Ian McKay talking about porn, but that's right. where it led. The, the conversation went there. And right. you know, that was notes on my seat next to me that I never used. And, but what you're saying is I, it's got to see. So I come, I come from the music world as well, but trying to do something over and over again in the studio to get it right. Like to, to, you know, something that's really structured, you know, and it needs to be this way was always frustrating. I fucking hated yeah. it, yep. you know, and with what you're doing, it's so, I mean, and, and, uh, uh, the, the fluidity and the, the, it being natural and, and, and real. And, and that's the most interesting part, you know, where when you do listen to something like that, I had, um, uh, Nina from, uh, this is band called kills birds and okay. they recorded their album in eight hours <laughs> and it's yeah. fucking amazing. Why not? Right. And it's, and it, it's just real and true. I mean, they just went through it, like played the songs a couple times and did the thing. You know, and it yeah. and it's documented, and that's it. As yeah. Like, why can't every band do that? Well, I, I think that's uh, pretty impressive. Uh, but I mean, I I know I've gone and recorded a record in a in a day. You know, I was playing with this in this band Fi, this like kind of a power violence hardcore band uh, for a couple of years, um, and we just. You'd write a record in a week, and then you'd go record the record in the day, and then the and that was it. And, and uh, that that was great. Uh, I like that, but you know, it's it's okay that it doesn't work that way for everybody. I, I think you can sort of get in your own way when you're trying to when you spend too much time with something. You know, it's something that I mean, you played in bands, so you know that like being if you're being creative, you're 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 constantly working and reworking something, and you could potentially never finish because there's always something that needs to be moved around or, or something that can be changed or, you know, improved, um, for lack of a better term. So you, you just have to know when to stop and just decide that this is done. I need to move on because in 10 years, you're going to look at it and just think the hell was I thinking during this, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, even with, you won't get what you want. I look at, I've been performing it. And then, um, I think we were adding, a city song to the set on the last tour uh, last tour we did we added that and i had to listen to it and in doing so was would listen to other songs and and realize that i don't i don't sing this this is not how i'm singing this anymore and there's just the progression of things that that uh, things change on their own and, and you find a uh, you know a better way to do it and, and uh it'll always change you just have to fucking stop yourself or you'll yeah. or you'll you'll work on one song over and over and over um, you know, like what, with the first book I wrote, I had, I had to just like, I already have a deadline. I have to just write something, finish it, put it away and then move on to the next thing because, and now I look at the book and I fucking hated it. I'm totally embarrassed by it, but, um, because I can see all the errors and things I should have done and, and, and what I was trying to do and how that just doesn't work for me now. But, um, you know, it, I don't know if I, I, I can't imagine looking back at work from 10 or 20 years and thinking, Oh yeah, really, this was it. I had it all figured out. And, uh, and that, that just seems crazy to me. I don't, I don't imagine I will continue to 
live my life with without ever uh, bringing in new influence or or finding and finding new interest or or um or perhaps just like just being um happy in some other realm of of or, or version of music or um getting the classical and then start to think like what the hell are they thinking with all stupid ass punk stuff you know like uh, <laughs> right and just and next thing i know i'm like playing a violin or some shit so i don't know i don't you know always moving forward i suppose sure it's such a weird it's such a weird thing too to i mean an album of an album or a book and i want to talk about this too because i had no idea you were an author uh i always uh, find something out right away that i didn't know <laughs> anyway but uh I mean, you capture a moment in time and then you yeah. spend a lot of your career still playing and, and performing <laughs> that moment in time. So, of course, yeah. it's going to change. But that was one thing that also frustrated me is like, we're still playing this song every, and you have to. You have to play this song. You have to. Yeah. It's like, fuck, man. Like, there's so much better stuff that's coming out, you know, and and uh, or that we're working on. Let's just play the yep. all new stuff. Of course, you can't do that because people are right. paying to see the moment in time that they purchased. You know, yeah, it's so fucking yeah. weird. Yeah, um, it's tough when, as a as a creator, and then the people connect to something that they they people are, can be very demanding. And I, and I'm not going to say that I'm not the same way. I, like, you know, now that Swans are touring much more regularly, I'm, I'm a big fan of their music. But I would snack the stick because I don't want to hear the new record. I want to hear them play something off like Greed and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like so. So um, it, it's it's tough. It, for, it's hard to not be a selfish listener because you start to feel uh, that you, you want to put your own set list together and hear the songs you want to hear. And, and um, you know, when I saw i saw nick cave in 2002 and it was it was he was it was just kind of starting to what was no more shelly part i think was the tour mm -hmm. and then from there on i feel like he's really hasn't made a very good record since then or even before you know that was kind of the end of it but so now when everyone's like nick cave's coming i feel like i don't want to go see a set where he's playing some new stuff <laughs> playing you know, like anything he wrote in the past 15 years i don't want to hear it you know i want to hear um i want to have the first record or, or you know uh, something off of uh you know your funeral my trial and then like the rest of it just leave leave, leave me out of it so you know it, it's it's easy to be a selfish listener um and I, so i don't think i would never fault anyone for it but i think that you do have to keep people should keep that in check and in perspective and realize that um people gotta play that shit over and over and over again man like that's that's yeah. that's crushing <laughs> when you just don't and that's what i think that's like why people start to just pump out garbage music because they're they're just you start to feel like a jukebox and less like a, a, a creative person or, or an artist or whatever kind of seemingly pretentious word you want to put on it and <clears throat> you know I, I think that 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 really people who don't create music or art just don't really understand or, or understand that um so and it's and again it's it's no one's fault no one's at fault for it it's it's easy to get lost in in your own wants and um it's it's hard to have to to think of the, what's what's happening on this side of the fence when you can't see over the fence so so you know i, I again i don't fault anybody but 
also shut up say what i want to play i <laughs> can <laughs> play the songs i want to play Christ's sake who was it that did that was it neil young uh he had like a super long contract and they had like three more records or two more records on a contract and he's like all right goes in and just records pure shit and just like here's your here's your two records i'm out I yeah. think it was Neil Young, and it, where it was just like to just just went in and just made whatever to get off of his contract, so he could do what he that, wanted. That's that's not a surprise at all. He doesn't seem like he would yeah. have any issue pumping out some trash just to fill the silence. Yeah. Um, not, uh, though I love Neil Young, I think Deicide did that for to get out of their Roadrunner contract. I oh, think after Road like Runner. once, maybe like <laughs> after Once Upon the Cross. I think they because they did Once Upon the Cross, and then they, there were these like. Oh, it's a string of kind of lackluster records. Uh-huh. And and then when they put out Scars of the Crucifix, it was sort of like a, retur- a return to form. And um, and I believe that was that was uh, that was what they were doing. I think I had read in an article, ben, Glenn Benton had said that. And who knows, maybe he's just trying to uh, explain why they made such bad music or, or, <laughs> or, or, or like pretend, oh, we were just putting out crap to get out of the contract. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that supposedly that's a thing. I don't know. Maybe I could, <laughs> Here's how we're going to spin this, boys. Google that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? You're like, ooh, we didn't do such a good job. Let's blame the record companies. <laughs> Everyone's blaming uh, Roadrunner. We're going to blame Roadrunner too. Yeah, screw. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I remember Daryl from Glassjaw. We did Warp Tour with them one year, and and uh, he would from the stage be like, "Yeah, this is off our first record. Go steal it. Yeah. Anywhere you can. <laughs> do not buy it. Go steal it." Yeah, and yeah, whole it's strange when you, you, people who have uh, uh, are like seemingly iconic labels and and how they veer off into wherever the hell. I mean, I don't even know. I couldn't name a band on Roadrunner. Are they still a label? I don't know. They are, man. They've got. So they do like Nickelback or something now, they don't do, they? They have Corn and they have okay. Slipknot and they have. Uh, do they've got like yeah? It's like these legacy acts there or. Not even I wouldn't even call them Legacy X, I guess, but like they've got some big names, but it's almost surprising that these names are on Roadrunner. Like Roadrunner still yeah. seem not quite big enough for that. Like it's not Epic, it's not Sony, it's not you know. Well, I guess they're owned by somebody, but um, oh yeah, the fact that a band's already that established, it probably doesn't matter what label they're even on because they'll get what they want. Yeah, that's a uh, strange how that works. Um, yeah, I, that used to be such a cool label. Like, I used to really do really great stuff. Yeah. Um, I hope no one at Roadrunner calls me angry. Uh, I, I, do I have any friends that work at Roadrunner? It's probably not. I'm sure they <laughs> <laughs> an angry, angry DM on social media from someone. Yeah. Heard, just... all that, heard all that shit you said about Roadrunner. Yeah. No, I loved that record. I, I like they uh, that record. I thought they were so great when I was growing up, when I was a teenager, and 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 the. Uh, they were putting out like suffocation records and sepultura records oh, yeah. and all that kind of shit and like typo like just awesome stuff and uh um i think they did like a bunch of bolt for records maybe i don't um i don't know maybe nuclear blast all that stuff who knows uh my memory isn't what it used to be but uh <laughs> but yeah it was always a really cool label and and now like i said i have no i have no idea what they're doing yeah it's weird and then you'll see like you'll see this massive record come out and you're looking at the later like really like it yeah. just seems like uh, when everything kind of collapsed and and folded into whatever, it's just anyone was kind of grabbing what they could get, and and the ones that could hold on, you know, it was just it was just weird to see who's on what label now. Like Hopeless is getting massive bands, and yeah. Sumerian, and like it, it's crazy, it's crazy. Yeah. It's just like the Wild West all over again. 
Yeah, I think um, I think times are just like changing so quickly now. Uh, like you know, people are everyone's still like still trying to adapt to technology and uh, or assimilate or whatever term you want to use. And uh, I don't think everyone's really figured out how to do it. So there are, like you said, Sumerian. Like, why, who the why the fuck is Sumerian records? Like, interesting that they're putting. Uh, I think like Dillinger did a record there, didn't they? Yeah, I believe or, uh, so. Yeah, like uh, that was that's like really interesting. That um, I don't know, man. I, I don't. I don't. I, I really when I hear about labels too, you know, I, I never know. I mean, for one, I don't really listen to any a lot of music that's like current. So I I hear about so and so label or this other label will come up in conversation. I think I don't I don't know what they put out. I don't know anything about them. You know, for me, 4AD still puts out like Cocktoo Twins and mm-hmm. uh, and Scott Walker. Like I, you know, I, <laughs> I I don't know what they do right now. I'm sure they're doing something cool, but I you know I just don't really pay a lot of attention. Um, because now I'm 40, so I don't, I don't have, I don't, I have to, I don't, I'm not supposed to pay attention anymore. Sure. Right? Well, do you think yeah. that, do you think that hinders you or helps you as you're navigating the music business still, you know, does that, does that help you to not be in touch and then kind of be surprised or, or, you know, who, who approaches you to, to do whatever? Or, I mean, I don't think it, I don't, it doesn't, it has no effect on me really. You know, we, this is this is I mean, interview is going to turn into me sounding like a complete asshole. So we <laughs> like we have we have like management, you know. We have like we we have managers, and they are letting us know what's going on. And, mm-hmm. and it's 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 nice that uh, you know before when we would be really curious. I remember in like the late '90s, I used to keep a notepad in my in my bag that had all the record labels that I liked and that I listened to and the records. Um, were, were being put out by labels that were hoping that one day, like John and I were playing in As the Sunsets, we're like, we we're, we got to send demos to these places and blah, 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 like when you still did that shit and thought that that was useful. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, I couldn't even tell you who's on, like, probably like Life Sentence or something, like uh, who knows, Pin Drop Records and all these like ridiculous labels. Um, but, you know, I, I kept that you know, with me because you you could write to them and, and do whatever. So, so we're like, Oh, we send all this stuff. And like now I, I wouldn't, I couldn't name you five labels. I, I don't know who puts stuff out anymore. I don't, um, I just don't pay attention. And, and I just don't, I don't need to, it doesn't affect me. I'm not like in search of anymore um, to find someone to put out our records. I, I don't, that's just not even, you know, luckily, we, we, you eventually find yourself in a position where you don't have to like sweat all all of that. Like, mm-hmm. who's going to put out a record? Like, who's going to print our merch? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Like, can we borrow somebody's van? Like, there's so much shit that you have to think about. Where now, it's, it's you know, we're, we're, we find ourselves, you know, luckily in a position where we can we have people who like we're going to get all this sorted. We'll get this sorted. We're, we're like, oh, you have offers from this place and this other place. Like, stuff comes in, and um, that's that's really nice because I I couldn't imagine it at this point in my life still like carrying around a notepad with all my favorite record labels on it, like trying to send them demos and shit. And 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 um, you know, I, I I don't I don't want to like I don't I don't want to do that. It's been you know, shit, some for like twenty 
five years of that. And, and mm-hmm. at this point, at this point, it would just, would just drive me crazy. If that's still what I had to do. Um, What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working as most people are online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, You can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The The Corner Corner of Gray Street. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. PeerPleasure.SupportingCast.FM is the website. There's three tiers, Tier 1, Tier 2, and Tier 3. Tier 1 is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier 2 gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier 3 is $20 a month. 
that gets you all of that. It gets you the past cast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the past cast. The past cast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month, because I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. But again, so people would, would like to do that. Maybe my agent didn't they like still want to do it that way. You know, still want to um function to take care of everything themselves and be like really hands-on and mm-hmm. and uh but i just i i really don't i really don't want to i just want to write and i don't want to be a business person i don't want to chase leads or some shit or or, or like make lots of calls and check my email several times a day like i, I don't, mm-hmm. god damn i don't want i don't want to do that i really really don't yeah who yeah. who is who is managing you guys Oblique, oblique. They're uh, oblique. They're in New York. They uh, made a job. Uh, oh, Jesus. Okay. And uh, no, a uh, bunch of people, bunch yeah. of people there. So um, you know, Mets. They manage Mets as well. So they're they're a. Uh, we're in a nice. We got a nice little community. Yeah, it's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah the yeah. Mets guys are at, and and Mike Scheidt from Yob is a is a just a wonderful human being. Um, yeah, Chris. Chris played with us. Chris from Mets played, you know, bass for us uh, beginning of the year, probably the first half of this year. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, when we, uh, you know, Sam could, could, couldn't do any of the tours anymore, so mm-hmm. Chris Chris stepped in and toured us for several months, and it was great. Uh, he's he's great, and he's a good guy, and um, glad I'm glad we became friends. Yeah, that's a that's awesome. I want to I want to yeah. jump back real quick though about the the you said your first book. How many books have you written? How, and I don't know how I didn't know this. Uh, you know, I know you for your music, but I did not know you were an author. Uh, well, I'll use the term loosely. I'm a I'm a poet. A poet, okay. Uh, whatever, if that's a real thing. It, of so, course um, it is. Right, I don't know. Well, I need you like it. But uh, <laughs> you know, so I had something called. You're just an uh, asshole. No. <laughs> I know, right? It's like people people want to read and Shut listen, it off. so who knows why. Yeah, so uh, I had something published a couple of years ago with a permanent sleep press that was a Toronto-based uh, independent publisher. Uh, it's published some pretty good poets. It's done work with Chris Colahan from uh, Left 4 Dead, and, um, but some really good uh, poets, guys like Dan Dara and uh, 
Joe Soulier and some 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 good people. So um, to that book and and now I'm I'm working on stuff. I've got something coming up that is kind of up in the air right now. There's just like a lot of uh, it's a weird. <laughs> I was I was feeling like this year there was so much stuff gonna happen and and right now I feel like wow. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen now. Like everything I'm doing is going to get delayed and uh, it's kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But, um, but no, I've, I mean, I've had, so I've had some poems published in, in places, uh, various, like a couple reviews and things. So um, uh, that's nice. But I gave up on uh, submitting because it's awful. And uh, it's the it's the grading <laughs> because of <laughs> the rejection or the fact that you're yeah uh, yeah of course no yeah. being rejected it sucks uh, you know my buddy Joe he he uh, had posted on his Instagram story or something uh, this was like last year that he said uh, well just got my rejection from uh, Paris Review and I messaged I immediately texted him and said how long did it take you to get a reply from the Paris Review and he said long enough to forget that I submitted and I said yeah I just don't want to oh my God. that's awful to like. So I don't, I don't, uh, it's just awful. You know, I've, I've submitted a few places and, and to just be told it's like not good. It's just like, come on, man. That was, that was my whole life in my teens. I'm going to yeah. reject it now. Like my thirties <laughs> in my thirties onward. So, uh, so no, I'm just, uh, writing and collecting and, 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 uh, talk to small publishers about just putting everything together. So yeah, that's yeah. Uh, easier. You know, like, I, you know, it, it would, I could, I mean, I financially couldn't handle it right now, but you know, I'd like to find myself in a position where I can just publish myself and do stuff. My buddy Jeremy Baum does that. We're uh, from Touche Amore. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. You know, Jeremy's always just like putting stuff together and wrote this thing, selling it like fucking brilliant. Um, I just can't, I don't have the patience for it to, uh, to line it all up and put it together. And I don't know. He's a, he's a smarter man than I am. That Jeremy. Yeah. He's a good dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's great. Well, you, so you were, you, I want to jump back a little bit too, because I, I mean, I mean, like I said, I know you for your music. I don't know a whole lot about you as a person and, and where you come from and, and, uh, you know, did, did, uh, were you kind of destined for this kind of a career? I mean, from an early age, did you feel a strong pull to it or did something get you into it? I mean, kind of, kind of take me back a little bit. Cause I, I mean, you, you being a, a touring musician or artist of any kind is a, is absolutely interesting way of life. And especially in today's climate. And I mean, by today's climate, I mean today where everything's getting <laughs> shut down and I <laughs> want to talk about that stopped. too, but did, yeah. did what drove you into what you're doing? I mean, it was, it was it influence from brothers, sisters, parents, what got you into that? There, my parents weren't really into, interested in music um, any more than any other. Anyone else, I kind of listen to the radio or goes to occasional shows. Okay. Uh, my, my my brother was ten years older than me, and he he was got really into like New York hardcore, and so in the mid eighties he started. He kind of introduced me, introduced me to to punk and hardcore, and uh, um, the sort of that that there was a world that exists without the radio that, uh, there weren't that bands, but that weren't playing Nassau Coliseum or some shit mm -hmm. and we're playing, you know, we're just sort of playing around. And, and, um, so, and I didn't really grasp it. It took quite a while. 
um, to understand that uh, to the, the like the extent of like DIY hardcore and, and um, how shows and things like that. Um, it wasn't until I was a, a teenager, but uh, yeah, I wanted to be in a band. I wanted to play music. It was uh, I was fascinated, um, but never been very coordinated. So I'd never played an instrument. I always always wanted to sing for a band and uh wrote uh, notebooks filled with lyrics and stuff all through junior high and all that kind of shit and um, when i was 15 or so i started playing with some uh, friends just doing like slayer covers and um uh biohazard covers and stuff like that it just um but uh, there was a there was a radio show in uh emerson college uh, out of emerson massachusetts that uh I listened to every Sunday. It was called Nasty Habits. It was hosted by Mark Thompson and Johnny Shoon. And uh, it was just like death metal and metal and hardcore and uh, doom metal and and uh, just like all kinds of crazy shit. And that's where I just started. That's where I discovered all, all kinds of bands. And, 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 you know, first time I heard like paradise lost and uh first time i heard napalm death and first time i heard slapshot you know like uh, all kinds of stuff so that that was um i i i began to just like kind of immerse myself in that and the guys i was hanging out with who were just like kind of like uh, mechanics metal dudes <laughs> uh in like a kind in a smaller town just were i was sort of leaving it behind and i had to find uh people who were as interested as i was and and then I met John, uh, who would play drums and daughters. And uh, we started just like, uh, you know, John was into Melvin's and Nirvana. And uh, we started just like listening to music and talking about music and, and uh, exposing each other to a lot of things. And, um, you know, it was like John was the only person who liked Dead Guy where I was, you know, aside oh, from wow. myself. Like, so it was just like, you know, no one w was really paying attention. And and then by then, once we started going to shows in Providence, that's, that's when, when uh, we just found like our, a community, you know, of people and, and mm -hmm. uh, began playing shows and booking shows and hanging out on their street, uh, <laughs> you know, and just being, just bumming around the city and, and going to shows and hanging out and uh, meeting people and, uh, that, that was that like changed you know my life um and again like yeah i've been playing music with john for you know 25 years now so yeah uh so that's pretty uh, it's a long uh, friendship it's a long time to spend with one person um yeah so i mean but i i, I my my brother really got me into music and and uh it, it was aided like oh, i think i have a kind of well-rounded appreciation because of of you know my mother liked the top 40 but at the top at the time of the top 40 was like the cure and yeah flock seagulls <laughs> flock seagulls and like kind of like weird uh, or like uh i mean they're not weird but today we look back at that and just think like that's whatever but i think if you're a kid and you can get into my dad who who was really into to like that outlaw country sound in the 80s or like waylon jennings and and uh Hank Williams and uh, Hank Williams Jr. and um, Hank Snow and like and and you know uh, all that shit. So um, my dad got me you know, a bunch of that stuff and and uh, my you know mom exposing me to kind of new wave and um, 
my brother being into punk and hardcore and it was just mm-hmm. there were just always a lot of a lot of different a lot of different shit and i only i'd say i really only abandoned it kind of like when i was got into hardcore in my teens and, and thought like i just have to be a hardcore guy like we're hardcore, and like everything else is shit like you uh-huh. can listen to earth crisis and yeah. Reed and stuff and everything else is garbage <laughs> They're like totally like closed-minded and so a couple of years like that and then uh that 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 just wasn't doing it for me so uh you know it's it, it, uh you know now it's just like there's there's so, there's so much stuff there's there's no shortage of music to listen to so um whatever i get into now is uh sometimes it's like 20 30 years old and other times it's somebody just put a new record out or, or somebody just like put out a record two years ago and they broke up and i'm you know it's yeah, well, that's cool. Um, just a lot of stuff happening and going on, and and uh, I'm happy to hear it. You know, yeah, I'm trying to hear as much as I can. The problem is, you know, as I said before, I don't really know what's going on, and I don't like searching anymore. So, um, sort of a, a strange dichotomy there, I guess. Yeah, I'm curious to uh, what. I'm curious to what you're. I mean, you say you're writing notebooks and notebooks of lyrics back then of what you were writing about. Were you, were you close with your parents and your family or did you kind of have free reign and, and uh, to explore and, you know, not much supervision, you know, there's, I, I hear both sides uh, quite a bit, but, but what was your situation? Yeah. My, um, you know, my, my, you know, I, I live with my mother Monday through Friday. Uh, I went to school and uh, she worked, all the time uh you know she worked she she worked shit jobs and, and did whatever she could uh, she was really young she was only 18 when i was born so and oh, my wow. dad yeah so my dad was much much older and um but he was an alcoholic and a junkie and um he was fucked up and not a good person but uh you know i thought my dad was just the best and uh you know go to dad's house for the weekend or for the summer vacation and Mm-hmm. You don't have to like change your clothes or take a shower or brush your teeth or go to bed yeah. <laughs> because he's, I don't know where he is. And, uh, um, you know, everything is like pizza and fucking hooray, mm-hmm. uh, or, 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 you know, like, um, so, uh, so that's, um, but there were a lot of really bad people around and, but I recognized early on that uh, I had the two different lives and, and, and managed to keep them separate. You know, I never really told my mother what life with my father was like and, um, because I knew I would lose that. This is probably getting a little too personal. Um, well, it's a, anyway, that's up to you was, entirely. For, I mean, <laughs> I, right. yeah, that's not. Yeah. So, so, I mean, but I had it's two, two vastly different lives, um, which has had a, but not exactly a positive effect on me, uh, trying to normalize as I've aged, but, uh, it's, it's hard to figure out how to function as a human being. Uh-huh. But, um, so there wasn't, there really wasn't, you know, I got myself up into school, you know, my mom worked, uh, eventually started working, uh, th- like third shifts and, and, uh, late nights. And I would get myself up and off to school and, and, um, so 
you know, she, she did her best and tried her best. She didn't really have much guidance and, and, um, my father certainly wasn't very helpful. And, um, so life has just kind of been chaotic always. Um, but, uh, once I got kicked out of school, um, I was a freshman, uh, in high school, <laughs> I got kicked out of school and started kind of sleeping wherever I could. Um, I eventually had met, I met John and, and started, I, I moved into his basement. His parents let me live in his basement for a couple of years while he finished high school. And, uh, then I moved to Providence, um, like 98, maybe. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that was, a. Uh, there, there, there hasn't, there have, I've been living without rules for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> not, a, not a good way to live. Uh, no, that's awful for a child and, and a teenager. I mean, to to have the the complete. I mean, I, I completely understand the. You know, it's party time. Dads don't have to do anything. Don't have to do whatever. Yeah. But then, I mean, that's for one. That's awful for for kids and and teenagers to have to to. You know, of course, that's where they gravitate towards. But then yeah. to also have to take care of yourself and maintain a certain level of something at mom's house. Uh, but still not having the the supervision or the you know the the guidance fuck man that's that's heavy shit and well it, i think that i mean it it, it it sort of pushed me toward making music because it seemed like like here here was a sort of a place where i could be like unbound and just and, and just anything goes type of uh, way where um you don't you don't need to make a lot of money because your gear is shit. So uh-huh. it doesn't matter. And you're not playing nice venues. Um, so you could just kind of be a fucked up piece of shit and it didn't matter because mm-hmm. everybody was, we were all like, you know, drink out of the, of the same cup. So, um, you know, that, 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 that kind of disorder, I, I took that with me or, or maybe, I didn't take it with me. I continued to follow those yeah. the breadcrumbs there. It became a comfort here. zone almost like a, a, yeah. So, I mean, and that's, you know, and it's whatever. I mean, I, I don't think that, uh, it's a, it's a, um, a unique story that I have or anything like that. Uh, you know, and it, it could have been a lot worse, but, uh, I, you know, did, I, I found myself, um, in a place where it seemed like community and communal and uh which you get older and you realize how much bullshit that is when you get into punk and hardcore and you you think it's a community yeah and like everybody's got each other's backs mm-hmm. and then you realize that they're like all these different sects within punk and like people there's all this infighting and bullshit and you're just like wow this is this is just uh, uh, much. Uh, this is a, a countrywide high school. We're all just attending. We're all attending the same school. We all hate each other, and are, we're all going to fight after after school. So, um, like, no one. It's all bullshit. But um, yeah. Uh, but at the time, it, it seemed like, oh, this is cool. There's like some stability within the chaos, and and uh, you know, I was comfortable with that, and also felt uh, a kinship with a lot of other individuals who were pretty fucked up. Well, the so. one thing like I, I'm not, the only thing I disagree with on this is, is, and it's not, and I guess that's the wrong way to put it. But when you say you don't feel like your, your story is, you know, very original or, or unique, 
I mean, there's tent poles that follow, you know, a similar path that a lot of people go down, but your story is absolutely unique. I mean, no one went through the same shit you went through when you did, how you did, and what you did with it. I mean, the big thing for on my end of of being a fan of of you know what you do, every all of that stuff contributed to the music that I love that you make. You know, and so it's it, it's an extremely unique situation, you know, going through those things when you did and how you did and how you reacted to them, you know. Um, and that's, I mean, that's what's interesting about hearing people's stories is, is because, yes, there are, you know, uh, situational tent poles where mom and dad weren't together or, you know, uh, ran away from home at 13 or, you know, like those things, those things are just tent poles of the story of, of, you know, what actually happened. I mean, and all that building into, you know, where you are now and, and what stuff you're probably still dealing with. You know, I, I suffer from all kinds of different things, uh, that I'm still dealing with, you know, and it, it just, it, it kind of paints our, paints our picture, you know, it's, it's like a, uh, I talk about it on the show a lot because it's, it's something that I think affects a lot of people and, and, uh, you know, just things that happen during the upbringing, how people deal with them, mental health, um, you know, substance abuse, um, you know, which I'm sure probably came into play uh, for you as well, being in that time, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, but I've I've been uh, but I've been sober for eleven years or so. And Maybe congratulations, 12, I, I that's hey, amazing. I mean, that's yeah, I'm in recovery as well, and uh, yeah. it's a huge deal. And I don't think people understand that that haven't been through it or are going through it right. what it takes and the humility and the the the. I mean, it's just and having to break yourself down to a such a basic level and then and build it back up again. And yeah, I mean, congratulations. That's 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 huge. Um, yeah, to you as to you as well. It's not uh, it's not easy. No, no, it's not. <laughs> but no. one thing that was coming through and, and I know I was rambling on there for a second, but, uh, you know, you having those two so growing up having those two sides that you were you know you were this person here you were this person here who who are you on stage which which portion is that a mixture of the two or is that one side i mean because your your performance uh the performance you put on on stage i know it's a performance but uh, i mean it's an incredible experience like it's i mean there's so many things that go on and go into i mean there's performers and then there's, you know, non-performers that happen to be good at music. You know what I mean? And you are a yeah. performer. I mean, and I'll say yeah. that flat out because it's an experience. You know, um, I know there's all sorts of stories of crazy shit that went down. But that's part of the performance. Like it's some I mean, who is it on stage? Do you lose yourself entirely and just kind of let what happens happen? I mean, who are you when you're on stage? What's happening in your mind? Um, you know, I don't know. I've, I think I've tried to, cause people have asked questions and I've maybe attempted to analyze, uh, what performance is for me. I don't really know. Uh, I do know that, you know, some people get in, they perform and, and it's, it's, um, a different outer body, like an outer body experience or something for them. And it can yeah. be, a they, they, they put themselves somewhere else. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not quite sure that I'm tapping into like something primal or uh, I think that 
it's just an extension of of of, of my behavior i don't know if um i, I don't think i i personally be any more erratic without that and i don't i don't think it i'm not sure it balances me i it, it's sort of just a the, the the gates the gate opens up and i can just kind of run out into the you know into the into the prairie <laughs> to some extent and then like <laughs> I, off i go you know and and then uh, putting it lightly yeah once it's over i gotta you know i get back into the corral so uh, maybe it's that's what it is but um it's also just it feels good to to have that kind of uh, just to behave in that in that way or to perform in that way is just the you know it's 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 freeing and uh, uh, I don't I don't know I don't think that it's a it's like a part of me that I've tucked away it's and it's and it's it's by no means an act no I don't absolutely think not. that I have to yeah I don't have to. I go, well, you know, I got to be on right now. You know, it's just, it's just a, it's just another facet of my personality. It's just uh, something I, I do and it is, um, it just goes, I just, I just do it. I mean, um, that's, I like to hear that because, I mean, and you can tell when someone's putting on an act and someone's not, you mean, you can tell when someone's trying to be provocative and trying to stir the pot uh, you know, or, or get people going, but then you can, there's people like yourself that it's just such a natural thing. And that's why it's not as, not as shy. Like what, one of the, the, I've seen you guys live, I think three times, but none of the show, the, the video I saw the other day, uh, you were playing, it was at the electric factory in Hollywood. And, I think part of the way through pants came down and like in the front row, just standing there, like right in people's faces, which I was just like, this is incredible. And then I think you wrapped your dick around a mic stand and then started like grating it with the microphone, like a cheese. <laughs> right. And I was like, this is fucking insane. But at the same time, it wasn't like he's trying to get a rise out of people. It was just like, it was part of the show. And it just had this, I mean, as weird as to say it out and just say it literally like this. I mean, it was this like f incredibly freeing experience. I wasn't even shocked. I was just like, this is great. Like this is, <laughs> you know, it, I don't yeah. know how to explain it. Like it was like, I love what I'm watching right now. If I was, so, was walking down the street and saw some guy wrapping his dick around a telephone pole or a, a stop sign and beating on it, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? But this was all <laughs> not part the place of for it. it. Like you've yeah. created this world that is so uh, like encapsulating to the audience, and I'm sure people were probably pissed off. And I think there at that one point, I think you guys just left the stage. Um, someone was yeah. hollering something. Anyways, but what I'm getting at is you can tell who's in it, you know, to to shock people, and then who's just completely being a a free human being, you know? Because yeah. we do some weird shit behind closed doors. Oh, yeah. Of Everyone course. does. I don't care who they are. They do some fucked up shit. And to be able to just be free and just like the blinds are open. This is what I'm doing right now is so yeah, they, inspiring. <laughs> yeah. I just, when I play, I just want to kind of, I, I, something feels like, Oh, this just seems, this is a, I'm going to do this right now. This just seems like a good idea. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't, 
I, I've never done anything with premeditated. I remember we had played a big festival in England, or it wasn't a big festival, it was a sort of indoor, like all day show, I guess. Um, in two, the first time we were over in, in uh, Europe, in the UK in 2003 or maybe. Um, and it was all day, and we had never been there. We were playing last, we had no business playing last. And uh, I thought, well, I have to. You know, people were being all crazy. The singers were jumping into the crowd and stuff. And I thought, well, I have to, I'm going to have to do something. I don't know what, but something is going to happen tonight. It, it's in the air. I, something is going to happen that is going to, I have to outshine all of this. And we were playing and there was a smash pint glass at the front of the stage. We were two songs in and I thought, oh, well, here's my answer. Oh, I'll fuck. just cut. I'll just start cutting myself. <laughs> and, uh, I cut myself all up and uh, there's blood everywhere and, and uh, it was all over my face and uh, uh, my clothes were covered in blood and, and uh, the crowd was a bit confused, but, um, but it wasn't like, okay, let's go out there. Let's, I'm going to cut myself up. It's going to be this thing. People are going to freak out. It was just sort of like, I'm going to do something. Well, let's see where this goes. Oh, here's the opportunity that's presented itself. Let's 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 see how deep this rabbit hole is. Um, and <laughs> I so I, I I like to think that that when I perform, it's sort of it's kind of I'll look around the room and think like, all right, there like I should be able to reach this uh, second floor railing. Like uh-huh. maybe I'll ex- explore that um, and just kind of look around. And 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 we have our guys who who work for us and they'll say like hey this is going to fall over this stuff is very expensive i know you're going to want to jump on it please keep this in mind and i'm like all right like, <laughs> so i'm just kind of given these parameters or, or 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 sort of like like consider this and this and this suggestions and just be prepared for possible repercussions and injury and i'll say okay mm-hmm. thank you for for that and uh that's kind of where we are and, um Man. So I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, but I don't, I don't want to feel rehearsed or, uh, or, um, but I, and, and, and in hindsight, it's, that's probably what kept me interested in singing as opposed to like wanting to play an instrument because there, you, you have to follow these, like you got to play this chord at this time and Here's, you got to play like here. Them you follow, make sure everyone's playing the same. Like everyone's got to be in the same place. And and uh, for me, I'm just kind of like, where where the stage is over there. All right, I'll I have it. From, I'll, I'll take care of this from here. You know, I don't need to worry about anything else. And that's um, that's wonderful for me. I, I can't imagine being tied to something or tethered to an instrument. Or kind of like this is my zone. I must stay here. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I couldn't, I don't want to function that way. I could, I couldn't function or, or ever play and feel like I did a good enough job or, um, not that I ever feel like I've done a good enough job, but, um, there would always feel like something was missing if I had to perform and, uh, hit my mark, you know, I don't want to hit my mark. I don't want to hit my mark. I want to just fucking go. Yeah. And every show is an experience. Every show's a. It seems like almost like uh, I don't know if you're into skateboarding at all as a as a kid, but skate people that are you know into skateboarding look at 
a street or uh, an area differently, like through a different lens. Yeah. Like they start analyzing because, oh, I could do this on this. This could become this. Uh, kind of the same way you're describing, you know, looking at your stage, looking at your venue. You know, they make mic cords every length you can imagine. So, I mean, you can go right. where you fucking yeah. want to. And uh, but you, you it kind of analyzed the same way I've heard people that, you know, were super into skateboarding would look at a city or look at a, a portion of town. And uh, that's fascinating. I mean, you have yeah, that I mean, stuff like like Iggy Pop and uh, um, like Jason, Jason. But I don't know if you know Jason Butler. Uh, he's from uh, a band called Let Live and the Fever 333. He's yeah. another person that you can watch and just say it's 100% real i mean he i saw him climb through a fucking floor tom uh like by beating the shit out of it with the microphone ripping his way through it and then climbing through it and then throwing it into the air as high as he possibly could not knowing who was behind him or anything uh it's fucking insanity but it's real you know there's a very small group and you're in there because it's i mean it's it's just an experience and and uh fuck that's uh, that's amazing that they give you the, the lay down beforehand like all right please yeah please just uh... you know <laughs> what that makes me think of is like uh as a as a hockey fan uh-huh. myself uh a lot of players used to talk about um and as a kid growing up a hockey fan i was a big fan of wayne gretzky and people would talk about the way gretzky played the game and the way he saw the game mm-hmm. is that it it always seemed like he was looking down at the ice and that everyone else played uh, on, on these kind of uh, this working on the same dimensions that everyone else was, but the way he viewed everything was just from a different angle. And it, it, it just, it wasn't the way everyone else played the game and saw the game. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are people who go on stage to, and, and it's, it's, it's um, there's just, it's not a place where we'll go, Oh, let's go perform the songs there's we're looking at it in a, in a sort of different way. I think that there are, and, and, and those are the, I think the more interesting performers who are um, not just going on the stage to play their songs mm-hmm. um, and aren't necessarily going on stage to, to be um, primarily antagonistic because that's the image. I think that there are, um, which is probably how I functioned a, a good deal in my early twenties. Um, I think a lot of performing was me like getting all hocked up and then like getting drunk and being like, Oh, it's like, let's get a rise out of everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, I think as, as, like, as I, I grew out of that and it just sort of became uh, an extension of the self, I think that there are you know, people who get on stage and it's sort of like, um, we're not, I'm not here to sing you a song. Like I'm here. We're going to have an experience together. Um, this, like this is going to be different than than how than when you saw the other two bands that opened or the mm-hmm. band you'll see later or the show you were at last week. Um, this is not this is not going to be that. No, absolutely. I mean, could be bullshit. Do you notice a difference? Could be bullshit. I don't want to. I know I'm not going to say that I'm the, the Wayne Gretzky of, of stage <laughs> performance. <so. laughs> He'd probably be an awful performer on stage. <laughs> Would he? I don't know. He, he wasn't much of a he wasn't much of a coach as we all discovered years later. But yeah, um, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> Is the experience different for you now being sober on stage versus versus not? I mean, or is it is it more the same? You just probably remember a little bit more. It's uh, it, yeah, I, I certainly remember more 
and um and things hurt now the yeah. way they didn't yeah but um but i i I think, you know, I don't think, I know. What was more, uh, which was more of a difference for me was just the touring experience, uh, excuse me, like the traveling. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would end up somewhere and think, oh, this place is really familiar. Um, I I know that I've been here, but it's just just like, or I meet a person and say, oh, I met you, uh, blah, you know, 10 years ago. And I say, I'm sorry, I have absolutely no memory of this whatsoever. But, you know, just the, the experience, it was it, it feels good to as much as I um, am seemingly out of control to, to, to have a control over what is happening and not just if something goes wrong, I hope the sound guy doesn't kick my ass because I just put his microphone up my ass. Mm-hmm. Like, um, as has been very nearly happened in the past. So it's, um, it's a different experience in that sense of, of a lot of like the practicality of it. And, and, um, uh, but, but, um, I think on stage performing is not, uh, that I think in between songs, I'm, I'm a little less interested in interacting with, with people the way I used to be because mm-hmm. I was like kind of a, a drunken hollerer where I was like very excited to argue with the crowd. And now that just isn't fucking no interest in it anymore. It's, uh, yeah. it's like, it's a, it's a, it's, it, that is a, um, an aspect that I kind of I let go of that kind of um, to combative nature or verbally combative nature and 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 uh, you know that's just you get older and you kind of just start to I don't need to impress anybody and one up anyone with yeah. a great comment like I'm I'm not here for that shit like you know I'm not here to win an argument I'm here to play I'm here to fucking play. Yeah, and that's why they're there to see the show. You know, exactly. <laughs> you, yeah. you'd like to hope. <laughs> Some uh, people seems like they're there for all kinds of reasons. The shit they you say never know. And try to instigate. Yeah. yeah, but well, man, <laughs> are so are you a are you a father? I have two two kids. Yeah, two, two boys. kids. How old? Yeah, uh, uh, Sydney will be a uh, six in uh in May. Okay, and then uh, and then Ivan just turned two in December. Awesome. Do they, they know what you do? They, do they watch what you do? Do they, how much of it do they see as far as, uh, I mean, the youngest one doesn't, he is oblivious. Oh, sure, 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 sure. But, but, um, but yes, it is, uh, he, you know, he, he knows I was, you know, gone most of, or, you know, most of last year and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm always traveling and, and, uh, you know, uh, we don't all live together. So I, uh, but he, so he's good about it, you know, he's, it's, it's, but he, he knows what I'm off doing and, and, um, but he doesn't have a, he's not amazed by it or impressed by any stretch. <laughs> um, he just knows that, the, the, you know, this is what I do. And, and, uh, um, I think he's more excited that I travel so much and he thinks that's really cool Yeah, that I'll, I'll, you know, FaceTime him from like, you know, Moscow or something or, or uh, and you gotta like, sh- you know, his mother will show him on the map where everything is. And, yeah. And, um, all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, and I've got to fly over here and I'm flying over here and it didn't, you know, he, he loves the travel aspect of it. Yeah. Um, much, much more than, uh, than like that. Uh, he doesn't give a shit that I'm singing in front of lots of people. <laughs> My <laughs> daughter's care. six, the same thing. She doesn't give a yeah. shit. I've shown her videos yeah. and stuff. She's like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't, <laughs> yeah. Care. doesn't care. Doesn't all. care at all. Yeah, yeah. Kind of shows which us is how fine, important which is we cool, are. You know, but I mean, the, the, and that's. 
I think that's a that's a good that's a nice thing that mm-hmm. that um, you know you don't want to uh, like you, here's where you don't need to have an audience to impress us when you're like with your kids. I feel yeah that you just want to like like we're we're just we're here together. We'll give the shit. You don't need to be impressed by anything that I'm doing or something like like um, I'm trying to spend all my all my time out at on the road and at work hoping that everyone's uh interested in what's happening mm-hmm. so that i can continue continue to do it it's, i'm happy that like i don't have to do that with the kids or something and be like i don't care. let's just we're trying to draw this trying to draw a fish here can we do the fish I'm like, all right great yeah sounds good yeah fish why not it's it's so um, fun watching them learn to create and and how their process does we I mean we have our process but watching them develop a process is fascinating yeah it's bizarre it's really, really strange. And especially like, um, like coming, like, like seeing them after being away for like on tour for a while, I know, like uh, they, they would just be some huge leap in their development that was like, oh, like this is not the person I saw <laughs> before uh-huh. I left the tour. Yeah. It's like completely different. Um, it's, it's, it's really fascinating and it's, it's, you know, it's tough to miss that in a way, but, yeah. um, I mean, you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, man, dude, this has been this has been a lot of fun. I I really appreciate the time you know coming on and and chatting. Do you want to talk about the the solar record? I can always cut that out too, but um, I I don't if anything's been announced or anything like that. I know you were up recording and oh and, yeah yeah you, you can leave it in there. I mean it's, okay. it's uh, I mean right now it's like I don't know what the hell's gonna happen. I'm yeah, because we're finish yeah. up in the next few days. And I, I don't know if that's going to happen. I, like, I don't, I mean, either way, it's I, how long are we going to be like this? Like this record, am I going to record finish? Maybe I do finish the record and it sits on a shelf for a year. Like I don't fucking know what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. So it's really uh, bizarre and it's a, uh, I feel uncertain and, uh, it's a drag, you know? I yeah. mean, luckily daughters, we had the, we took this year off to write, we're going to write a new record. And, um, so we, we had like a couple, we had some fests we were doing and a few things that got, all got canceled. But, you know, I had shows, um, myself and Kristen Hader, who, uh, uh Lingua Ignota, we had the custom shows together. And, yeah. And we had some stuff canceled. I had, and we had some shows together canceled and she's had a bunch of stuff canceled. So we were just like, I mean, her and I are just kind of like, well, what the fuck are we doing right now? <laughs> we don't know what to do with ourselves yeah i saw um, something just recently on instagram from kathy uh pillow about her she had to have a like a crazy dental surgery or something uh yeah something awful it's super expensive and no insurance and fuck yeah. it just made it hurt me because i was like fuck this it's such an important career an important thing to have creative people out there doing things and it there's just no money in it and it's horrifying that we can go do these you know seemingly seemingly mindless uh jobs that need to be done you know in our world and then but we're inspired by you guys and then seeing you guys struggle so hard because you know things collapse thing whatever happens you know where oh well shit now we can't make any money you know i mean it's it's a realization that like it's a job like any other job that uh the same way anybody else who's living paycheck to paycheck is, is is concerned that you know, uh, there's going to be downsizing or that, that, uh, where the, the retail store they're working is going to close because no one's, you know, buying what you're selling. And, uh, yeah. 
you know, it's no different for us to think that, um, oh, well, I mean, you kind of worry that people are going to stop listening. People are going to stop coming to see you, but you don't at any point think like, oh, we're all going to have to fucking go into self quarantine and yeah. I got to cancel my year. Like that's, um, the, the big difference here is that everyone is now rescheduling. So even when this is done, you gotta like you're still gonna have to sit on the shelf waiting for yeah for everyone else to get their to get to finish up like everyone who's trying to play right now has got to reschedule for later in the year mm-hmm. and uh, so there's just gonna be there's just this long jam of like you know like i i can go out now but now i still can't play so yeah um it's it's a strange thing it's it's um and if it was happening to only us we'd all be able to say like well you know uh, go to the bank and go to the fucking merch store, you know, do all that stuff. But it's like, well, now other people who would be, or the listeners are now they don't have money coming in because they can't go to work. And mm-hmm. you're just like, fuck, we're all like, everybody's in a lot of goddamn trouble right now. And that's, it's, it's, yeah. it's scary, man. It's, it's scary stuff. And it's, it's not, um, it's affecting everybody. So, I mean, if that's like the, the silver lining is that we're all in the same boat for the most part, but but, um, you know, it's unfortunate that it's happening to any of us and yeah, shit, I don't know, you know, I don't know what to do. It's a truly unique situation that we'll be talking yeah. about for a long time and how we pull oh, through yeah. it and seeing the human nature, you know, the, both sides of it, the bad and the good, the, the hoarding and the, the fighting yeah. and then the, you know, going and get your neighbor groceries that can't travel or, you know, like you see a yeah. lot of good in the world too, but, uh, you know, it's scary with kids too. Like we're both parents and, and, yep. uh you know how we come out of it but but man i i i really appreciate you you spending a you know over an hour now with me on uh for the time i mean the time is invaluable you know i know we have a lot of it right now but um i really appreciate it and 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 uh all i mean i've been listening to to daughter since the first record like it was uh, i i can't remember where i first found the music if it was mp3.com or something like that where it was back <laughs> Uh, all I knew is there's a song called Pants Meet Shit, and I was like, I'm uh, I'm yeah, listening charming. to this. And uh, <laughs> anyway, but but uh, yeah, you won't get what you want. It, one of the greatest records out there. I mean, I was floored when Monica sent it to me. I got it early and and uh, on a on a Holix, and I was like, this is fuck. This is a game changer. And yeah. I mean, Thanks, just I'm so happy for for uh, you know. Um, the music that you have you've provided to me you know I, I'm, I'm grateful for it and and uh i don't take that lightly i mean it's something that that i spend my time with you know because it's great and i really appreciate that and um you know i like i said i appreciate the time and and the chat and and i i mean best of luck to you as well you know in this situation we're going through and and coming out of that log jam and getting those avails and all that stuff you know it, it's going to be a mess but um you know, if there's anything I can do for you, let hit me up whenever. And and uh, I, I really appreciate you know. that, man. Like you know, I mean, as you you've played music, you know, it's always like uh, I think most of us are, uh, struggle to take a compliment when it comes to that. So I never know what to say, but it, it, I, I always hope that I am not coming off insincere when I say I, that uh, how. Uh, how much I appreciate hearing things like that. That means a lot. Well, so, I mean, and, I really and same to you. Man. I, I, I appreciate, you know, you give me the time and, and, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Let's, let's stay in touch and, and, uh, through this whole thing. And, and, uh, like I say, if there's anything you need or I can help with or, you know, uh, 
boots on the ground stuff, whatever, um, hit me up. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, buddy. We'll talk soon. And the same too, man. I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you again. Absolutely. All right, brother. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot. Bye. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Alexis Marshall from Daughters. I had a great time chatting with him. Such an interesting dude. He's released some playlist stuff during this quarantine, which has turned me on to some new bands as well. Um, just a super interesting guy, a super charismatic frontman, and just an all-around good dude. It was a great chat, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. All right, guys, so don't forget, go check out Thunderbolt Guitars on Instagram. Go check out Your Button Guy on Instagram as well, and go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. Sign up at either level, and we're going to get you some cool stuff. We've got a lot of merch left over. Um, we're going to do some new stuff too, and you want to be on the front end of that. So anyways, kick some money down to the show. Help us keep the lights on. It's always appreciated. Uh, you can always just go to the donate tab on the website as well, purepleasurepodcast.com, or shoot me an email at purepleasurepod at gmail.com and hit me up with any kind of uh, guest ideas, comments, anything like that. I love to get that information from you. So um, as you know, I answer all my mail, and uh, definitely, as you heard in the middle, Go rate and review the show. It really helps us out. The algorithms and all, it's all a bunch of uh, technical bullshit, but it definitely helps the show out for visibility. Um, <clears throat> and excuse me, we also have been trending in either the top 50 or number 50 uh, in the iTunes US category for music interviews, which has been incredible because there is so many podcasts, but to be at, you know, between number. 50 and 53 of all time is massive guys and that's all because of you guys listening to the show and you know spreading the word of mouth and you know talking to friends about it and co-workers or whatever I see people tagging us online or if someone's on the show they'll just respond uh, with a comment that's someone else's name and tagging them to go check it out and that's one of the biggest things you can do so Shout out to you guys. Thank you so much for all you do. Coming back week after week. Go rate and review the show. Go check out the sponsors. And as always, we'll see you on the radio.
This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday.